Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. West location today. My name's Stephen. Um, I'm the location pastor with my wife Brittany of our C3 Calgary Central location, which is awesome. And if you're online, so good to be coming in virtually to your living rooms or wherever you are, your kitchen tables, whatever you might be. We're just so happy you can join us um, like that. And if I haven't got to meet you, I'm so glad. Uh, it's been seven weeks since we've been kind of doing morning services at C3 Calgary Central. So I haven't been around the west side for seven weeks, and it feels like a little, like a lifetime to me as well, but I love getting to be here. My wife, Brittany, sends her love. Um, She couldn't be here this morning. She's down there uh, holding things together at the C3 Calgary Central location. In reality, she does that every week, whether I'm there or not anyway. So uh, she's amazing. And so Pastor Lon's actually speaking at the uh, central location today. We did the old swaparoo. So for the first time, they're getting to meet, um, meet the senior pastor of C3 Calgary and the C3 Canada Regional Oversight, which is, we're really excited. And, uh, and you guys get me today. Oh, thank you, good. It's good to be encouraged. And I get to conclude the This Is Us series. This Is Us, we've been looking at what it is and who it is to be uh, a C3, but more than that, who it is to be God's people in this time and on this earth. This Is Us. And I'm going to talk about a topic I love to talk about, and I'm always at risk of um, this getting seen as uh, maybe blind faith or optimism. But I want to speak today about vision. This is us. We are a people of vision. This is us. We are people with God-given vision. Because in this day and age and in this time, I know for many of us, Right now, you're probably thinking, um, how are you going to talk about vision today? Or how am I going to hear about vision when I don't even know what's going to take place tomorrow? In my job, in my relationships, in my situation I'm facing. You're going to get up and talk about vision when I don't even know how I'm going to pay bills next week. I don't know how I'm going to mend my marriage. I don't know how I'm going to get through the next week. And you're going to talk about some vision Well, I believe it's actually in these times, times like this, and we look at the Word of God, in the times where it's hard to see past tomorrow, where we don't know where we're going, where our world's been turned upside down, our plans aren't uh, aren't actually working out okay. It's in times like that that we need to look at vision the most. A God-given vision, though, not one from this world. So that's what we're going to talk about. This is us we are a people of vision because we all need vision in our lives. We're actually created to be driven by vision from God. As C3 Calgary, we have a vision statement across all our locations and online. That's to build His church by reaching the lost, um, growing disciples, and empowering leaders. That's kind of our vision statement. Maybe you work for a company or you run a company uh, or whatever it might be, a non-for-profit, and, and there's a vision statement over that. This is the vision. This is the purpose. This is what we look to. This is what drives all of the decisions we have. Any good company or any 
um, good organization will have a vision statement. And these are great things. Our vision here as a church hasn't dwindled at all. It's actually just getting bigger and bigger in the times that we face because there's more of a need now than ever for the kingdom of God to expand across our nation. And you're invited to be a part of that. But today I want to talk about vision in your life. What's your vision? How are you getting it? And where is it taking you? I'm going to share from one of my favorite books, um, Habakkuk, one of the Old Testament minor prophets. And there's three little chapters there, but it's such a powerful, powerful book um, and a prophecy. That this takes place maybe 650 to 600 B.C. The prophet Habakkuk wrote these down, wrote these words, declared them, uh, probably at the end of King Josiah's reign, that they think historically. And we find ourselves, let's just set the context up before we read the Scripture, in a time where there's great division across the land. The Israelites have kind of, their kingdoms um, been divided. We have 10 of the tribes of Israel who have stuck together and rebelled. Two of the tribes who are down south there. And the, the kingdom's greatly divided. There's times of law, lawlessness. People have turned away from God's um, ways. They're not following Him. They're confused. They're finding it hard to see that the promises of God over them as a nation and, and their lives, can. how can it even come to pass? These are the times that we're finding. Do these times sound familiar in any way? Times of division, times of lawlessness, and times of confusion where we can't see past tomorrow. This is what's taking place when God brings the words through Habakkuk. And I believe that the word is for us today just as important, just as relevant. It's a time of division, time of corruption, a time where the promises of God for His people aren't coming to pass, yet the Lord has a word. So let's start off in Habakkuk chapter 1. I'm going to read a fair chunk of scripture here. It's going to come up on the screen because I really think it's important to set the context before we dive in on talking about God-given vision in our life. So verse 1 says, The oracle um, that... Habakkuk the prophet saw. So this is him crying out. He says, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see the iniquity and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. He's having a good day. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. And here's the Lord's answer. Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if I told you. Habakkuk must be sitting up on his seat now. He must be getting a little bit more excited. Yes, come on, Lord. Bring the word. What's this great thing that's going to take place? This is going to all work out okay. It's going to look perfect. Things are going to be great. Well, just settle yourself there, Habakkuk. Wonder and be and sound of I am doing a work in your days you would not believe I told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans. Uh-oh, raising up the enemy. 
Now, the, the Chaldeans are basically the, the Babylonians, um, modern-day kind of South Iraq. They would have been the nomadic people that evolved, kind of evolved into the Babylon um, Empire that we know, for anyone who knows history, uh, they weren't necessarily the most forgiving and gracious to people uh, of their enemies. And it says, I'm raising up these guys, that bitter and hasty nation who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome, and their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from afar, and they fly like an eagle, swift to devour. They all come for violence, all their faces forward. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff, and at rulers they laugh. They laugh at every fortress, for they pile up earth and take it. And then they sweep by like the wind and go on. Guilty men whose might is their God. Welcome to church. I hope you're feeling encouraged today and blessed to be here. But what we see here is the Lord make this pronouncement over Habakkuk and the people of God. I'm about to do something amazing. It's going to be, you, you won't even believe it if I tell you. But then we see that there's going to be a bit of an obstacle in the path before that comes to fulfill. Fulfillment. It doesn't quite work out how Habakkuk, how the people of God, and how you and I would think it should work out. There's actually going to be an enemy come in and um, cause destruction in the land before the promises of God come to fruition. So here we see next after this, Habakkuk's kind of like, eh. Not too sure about that. So he brings a second complaint to the Lord. Habakkuk's made up of really uh, two complaints from, from him, from Habakkuk, then two responses from the Lord, five woes, and then a great declaration that Habakkuk makes at the end, all of that in three chapters. So if you wanted some homework or anything this afternoon, some light reading, three chapters, and I think it will honestly encourage you. It's an amazing thing to see. But Habakkuk brings this reply to God, and this is where we're going to kind of camp out, start talking about vision. In chapter 2, he's brought this complaint, and then he says this. He makes, says this statement, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what the, I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Vision, in a time where it's hard to see past tomorrow. That's what's taking place here. I want to pray just before we jump in. And Lord, I pray, God, I feel in this place today, the enemies really tried to steal vision from people. It's really tried to take vision from all of us in this time. But God, we don't want to pick up or take on the world's vision or our own fleshly vision. We want to hear a vision from you today, Lord. So we pray the scriptures encourage us that you would speak to our hearts, not just to our ears, and you would help me deliver your word today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm excited to talk about vision. This is such an amazing statement. It says, Habakkuk here, to position yourself. He says, I will position myself somewhere where I can hear from the Lord. And God gives him a vision, 
But not only does he give him a vision, he gives him instruction around what to do with that vision, to write it down, to make it clear. I don't know if anybody here has ever been to um, like a famous, like a tourist place, like a famous, well, maybe one of the wonders of the world and a, a famous destination, um, you know, from people like me from, uh, I come from Tasmania in Australia, other side of the world, you know, a place like Banff is a famous tourist destination, but maybe you've been somewhere where there's a, a tour that takes place and the postcards show you this amazing place where you just get this stunning view where you get to look at it and it's like you have the place to yourself, but then when you get there, there's crowds of people everywhere and you can't get through. Has anybody ever been to a place like that on a tour? Okay, settle down, don't brag, come on, we haven't all got to go to a place like that. But um, I remember once when I was a teenager, my, my mom and dad went on this trip around Europe and they, they came back and they were showing us these photos of all these amazing buildings and tourist places. The thing is, um, the photos were really just the backs of people's heads or crowds of people. You maybe just got to see a blurry building in the background. And, uh, and I was like, mom and dad, like, how did you manage to find your way around there? We're from a, a small town uh, in Tasmania originally, and I'd been with my mum and dad. We'd often lose our car in the grocery car park sometimes. How did you manage to find your way around this place? And they were on a tour, and they said this thing. They, they said, well, it was easy. We had a tour guide, and what they would do is they, they had a stick with a sign on it, and they'd hold it up, and it was, it was larger than the crowds. It was bigger than the distractions. So if we ever get lo- got lost and we couldn't find our way around, we just had to look to the sign to see where we needed to go. We just had to look to the the location, look to the thing that was clearly laid out, and that would put us back on track. I believe that's what Habakkuk's saying here, that we need to write the vision down clearly so when things get in our way and things don't work out and there's obstacles in our path and there's noise all around us, we can look to the vision that's clearly laid out for you and I, a God-given vision, and we can stay on path despite what's going on around us. Despite the, the people and the distractions and the noise and the opinions and the conflict and the strife and the enemy that's coming, when we have a God-given vision clear in our lives, we'll be okay. We can stay on track. We can stay on the path. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But happy is he who keeps the teaching or keeps the law, speaking of the word of God. I don't know about you, but things throughout my life and and especially in these last couple years have felt like they're perishing at times. Things haven't felt like they're growing and striving and getting, getting ahead. It's felt like things are perishing, deteriorating. And it says where there's no vision, there's perishing. So if we feel like we're currently perishing, the Word of God gives us maybe a solution here to what's taking place. The reality is when we're going through those unmotivating, perishing, deteriorating times where we're drawing back and things are chaos in our life, which, uh, spoiler alert, every one of us will face in some way. And I know today there's people facing that in a very real, very real way. Um, and there's others, others, others of us who have got through that season. And I'm not speaking this out. God bless everyone. But there's some of us who maybe don't know it yet and we're going to step into a season of that. Valleys and mountains, right? That's, that's life. 
but God is steady in it all. And you're facing this feeling of perishing and deteriorating. And the reality is we can blame it on our circumstances because some of these circumstances are very real and have caused it. We can blame it on others. We can blame it on the news. We can blame it on social media. We can blame it on all these things. And from a worldly perspective, we'd have a very justified reason to blame it on these things. We can blame it on our parents. We can blame it on our kids. Blame it on our families. Blame it on our spouses. But the reality is I think things might be a little, little simpler for that perishing feeling. A little bit, um, if we draw, step back a bit, and it might not be that all these circumstances are the actual reason. I think it's maybe that these circumstances and situations have stolen vision from our life. The Word of God says without vision there's perishing. It doesn't say with the face of a job loss as perishing or the relationship strain as perishing, financial difficulty. It says without vision, people perish. So the flip side or the premise or the concept put through Scripture here is, is great because here's the remedy. It's saying without vision, people perish. Therefore, with vision, people thrive. People grow. We have potential to overcome. Where, where we don't have vision, we inevitably will perish or deteriorate. But where we have vision, a purpose from God, a God-given reason to get up every morning, come hell or high water, we'll have the ability to overcome and do something great despite what's going on in the world around us, despite the enemy that's coming and like Habakkuk saw the, the Chaldeans there or the, despite what's going on, we know that we can do more than just survive. We can thrive with a God-given vision. So what is your vision? How are you getting it? And where is it taking you? That's my questions today. I've found at, uh, in times in my life where it's, I haven't had vision, where I've been visionless, um, it's, very, it's in those times you become very apparent that other people have a vision for you or can. And well-meaning well people, God bless them and their vision that they want to project onto you. But in times where I've felt no vision, People have decided to want to speak and say things to me. And this is a good thing. It can be a good thing. We have community. I know uh, Brad last week spoke on um, community and relationship. This is so important in the body, body of Christ. We're not meant to do life alone. We actually need community. I, I believe outside of community, we can't hear from God clearly because he actually uses relationships to sharpen us and to confirm the word of God in our life and to help us overcome obstacles. So these are good things. But in times of, uh, where I haven't been able to see, people will step in. Well, well it's simple. You should just, uh, Stephen, you should just do this. What's the big deal? Well, I don't have any vision. I can't see that. Well, we'll just get some vision. Okay, but how do I just get vision? Well, you just got to see it. So, but I'm saying I don't have vision. But, but you just got to see. I mean, come on. You can, things are going to be good. God's going to work it out. And yes, he is. But when we're in season where we can't see ahead, that's really hard to hear. And I feel like some of us are even hearing that from me today. I hope to fix that problem. Amen. Um, but when we're visionless, people will project ideas and thoughts onto us, and we can even start to pick them up as God's vision for our life when it's actually someone else's. I believe in this place today, the Holy Spirit's going to remove some of those visions that we've picked up from other people 
that direction that we think we're meant to be taking, he's going to silence that and God's vision is going to rise up in us again. And we're going to remember the words he's spoken over us. We're going to see the scriptures again and that prophetic word from years ago that maybe you had over your life and you haven't seen come to pass. God's going to rise that up this morning. We're going to walk out of here with a clear vision. And this week, that's going to continue to guide us and drive us because we can be driven by a God-given vision. But it's hard to hear when we're visionless. Habakkuk is having a moment, more than a moment. He's upset. He's depressed. And so he positions himself before the Lord. I love that he complains to the Lord. We're allowed to complain to the Lord. I don't know if you've ever tried to hide from God. Even if you have a complaint underneath, guess what? He's God. He knows your complaint inside. You may as well speak it out. But then he positions himself in a place to hear from the Lord. And I almost see a picture of him like he's, he's ready for it. He's camping out. He's like, I'm going to get on this tower, and I'm going to position myself and hear from the Lord. And I ain't going nowhere until I hear the vision from God. And I love that about him. And we'll see later on that he swings it around because he doesn't let his complaints stay complaints. Even in the confusion, he turns it into praising God at the end. But we always got to, I believe, as um, disciples under a New Testament context, uh, post-Jesus, Jesus died and resurrected and fulfilled the law, fulfilled the word of God, and now we're living out of that place. We need to take these Old Testament um, historical moments and actually filter that through the cross and go, what does that actually mean for me today? And so we're talking about vision. It's important as followers of Jesus. And if you're not a follower of Jesus here today, you're just exploring that idea or you were tricked in coming to church today. Um, however you got here today, uh, this is an invitation for you to actually come and step into a great purpose that God has for you as well. But as followers of Jesus... Our heart is not just to worship him from afar, but actually to bring him into our lives and to live out a life as a disciple of Christ, as apprentices of him, really, is what we're living out. So when we're talking about vision from the old covenant, we need to go, okay, what does that look like in the new covenant as a follower of Christ? So my question to you is, did Jesus have a vision for his life? Because if Jesus didn't have a vision for his life, then we should just forget about it if we're meant to copy, copy what he's doing. But if he did, then it means it's something that we have to actually put into our life and live out as well. Did Jesus Christ have a vision for his life when he walked on the earth? Now, I would say from my experience and, um, of reading the word and being in relationship with him, and maybe to some of it, it's obvious, it's, of course he did. Of course Jesus had a vision for his life. But here's the thing. It wasn't based simply on what he wanted or thought was a good idea conceived by his own notion, it was a God-given vision for his life. Now, he was the son of God, we know this, but when he uh, he emptied out his divinity and came to earth, he lived out as a human, as, as you and I would, and he constantly needed to seek God to be reminded of the vision for his life again. And Jesus faced some of the same issues that we face as well, of people putting projecting their vision or the world trying to box him in to what his life should look like. From a young age there in, uh, in Luke chapter 2, there's this great story. It's kind of funny. Um, Jesus as a boy and, and the family, Mary and Joseph, his mom and dad have uh, taken him, his earthly parents, I should say, have taken him uh, up to the temple along with all their family and um, to 
do the tradition of, of what you would do. And then they've tra- started traveling back to their hometown. And a couple days in, they realize that Jesus isn't with them. Don't judge. Don't you judge Mary and Joseph. But let's face it, we wouldn't buy a parenting book from them, would we? If after two days, they've forgotten that Jesus was, they're like, oh, where is he? Now, now in the time and setting, this wouldn't have been unusual. Uh, they traveled in the caravan packs together. The assumption was, hey, if he's not with us, he's getting looked after by the extended family, and, and he's okay. Okay, we'll give you that, Mary and Joseph. Still not going to buy your parenting book. But, so they go back to the, they find their way back to, the, um, to where they were in the city there to find Jesus, and they find him in the temple. And, and they say, what are you doing? You're meant to be with us. You're meant to come with us. And you stayed here. And he makes his, somebody says, wouldn't you know I'd be in my father's house? This is where I'd be. See, Mary and Joseph had a vision for their child's life, as they should. Jesus had a different vision, even as a young boy. And it was a God-given vision to his life. Now, anyone who has kids knows that sometimes our kids can get a vision. And you can have a vision for your life. And that's the tension of being a parent. How can I help in this moment when my son wants to run off that way, but I need him to go this way? That's just an ongoing conflict. But parents had a, a, uh, Mary and Joseph had a vision for Jesus in that moment. Religious people constantly had a vision they were putting on Jesus. This was the big conflict. Uh, they had a vision for what he should be doing. It was, it was normally one that contradicted what he was doing. You can't do this on that day. You can't heal that person. You can't be with those people. You can't do this. You're meant to look like this and you look like that. You're not from God. Religion can put a vision on people and can put a, uh, try to put a vision on Jesus that isn't one from God. He's constantly up against people trying to put vision. Even his friends, his followers, the people that loved him, often the conflict would be their vision for his life and how things should play out wasn't the one that Jesus had for himself from God. So we can relate to Jesus in this way. There's numerous visions and ideas and direction and purposes and things that we should do in our moments getting put on us. But Jesus shows us that the most important thing is to get to God, get the Father's vision for you and I and for him constantly and continuously come back to that place where the other voices that are trying to put their vision uh, in comparison to God's word over your life and vision, they're silenced. And his voice would be made loud in your life. So I want to give us some practical tools here in the, in the last 10 on uh, how we can implement vision into our life by the life of Jesus. Now, broadly speaking, um, I want to give us an overview of what I, I believe a, God, a very quick litmus test of whether you've got God's vision for your life or not, or if you're heading in the right direction, okay? Like a very quick one we could do in this moment. So in John 10, 10, um, very famous scripture, Jesus uh, makes this statement, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, who's they? We're a part of they. You might look at this and go, what's that got to do with vision, Pastor Steve? That's, you're, you're, off, you're off the whatever, the planet on that one. That's got nothing to do with vision. But this, I believe, gives us a, a great contrast of what the enemy's vision for your life looks like and what God's vision for your life looks like. So if you're, uh, at the moment, if all you can see is doom and gloom and nothing working out 
and that your circumstances you're in are gonna defeat you and beat you and steal your life and you're not gonna be able to do anything, that's not from God. That's not the vision from God for your life. But that's what I'm facing. Yeah, 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 I know that's what you're facing. This is what Habakkuk was facing as well. But the vision from God is not one of doom and gloom. Because it says he's come to give life and life abundantly, an abundant life. So your vision's not one of your life being stolen and things being defeated and losses happening in your life. The vision from God is one of a life and life abundantly. Are we aligning up with the enemy's vision for our life and his ideas of what we should pursue and go into or are we lining up with the word of God and God's vision, which is one of an abundant life? That is what we need to walk out. And it's extremely difficult when we're facing opposition. God's vision for your life is a full one. Have you ever had those people in your life um, or in your well, maybe you know some. Now, don't look around after I share this little story. Just we want to be careful. But they're the kind of people, they have the amazing ability. It's almost like a gift or a miracle of when they step into a room or step into a conversation, they manage to suck the life right out of the room. You don't, don't look around. Don't look around. Why are you guys all looking at me? <laughs> they have this ability to have a conversation and afterwards you go away feeling discouraged you go away feeling tired. Generally, when we know we're going into one of these conversations, we have to allocate a couple hours of nap time afterwards because we're exhausted. And then there's people who, when you've been with them, God bless them, God loves them, we should too, but they, you feel like you have been stolen from and exhausted. Anyone know, know these kind of people? We can all be these kind of people depending on the mood we're in. They have this ability to, when you go in, you go away feeling discouraged or exhausted. On the other hand, we know those people who can step into a room or a conversation and the whole place lives. These are the people we're attracted to, we want to talk to. These are the people that we go in and if we're facing something, we come out of there, we're like charging out, ready to take on the world. We're encouraged, we're lighter, we're lifted, we have vision, we have expansion on our mind. These people bring the life to the party and they, they lift the place up. I believe this is a contrast between what the enemy's vision for your life is and what God's life is. Times a hundred on both ends. So if our vision is exhausting or lack of vision is exhausting and deteriorating us and making us perish and unmotivated and unable to live a great life, that's one from the enemy. But if your vision encourages you, you need to have faith and lifts you up a little bit, that's one you can step into and you can go, yeah, this is one that is, is more than I'm currently at. I believe that's an abundant life that God promises. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God has come that we may have life and have it abundantly. What's the vision that you're agreeing with in your life? What is your vision? How are you getting it? And where is it taking you? One of the most prominent and significant practices of Jesus, and as his disciples, we need to try and emulate in our life, is, was that when the noise got too loud around him, when things got too busy, he would find time to get alone with God. We see this often throughout the scriptures. Jesus would uh, minister to the crowd, he'd be in the world, and then he'd withdraw to be alone with God. 
Some would say this was his nightly practice that he would do. But we, we see it highlighted in Scripture. Jesus was walking around. It was very busy. There was loud crowds. There was people projecting vision on him. There was people saying, you should do things this way, that way. There was division. Um, the, the Jewish people were uh, overrun by the Roman Empire. So there's a division there. There's division between the religious leaders and, and the, the street people of the day, the common people and what they were facing. And it was noisy environment. And we find ourselves in a very noisy environment. So Jesus would withdraw from the noise be with God, hear the vision again, write it on his mind, on his heart, on his soul, and step back out and let that vision be the driving force, the decision maker in his life, and not the noise around him. We don't maybe see ourselves in the exact same setting, but I tell you what, the noise in our life is, is just as loud. The noise can be our phone. The noise can be social media. The noise can be the news, like I've said. The noise can be other people in our lives. We need to find a way, like Jesus did, to withdraw from the noise, to silence the noise, and to hear the vision from God again. Whatever that looks like in your life. For me, I try to find moments throughout my day, every day where I find a chance to do this. Um, if I take my phone with me, of course, you know it's going to ring right when you're trying to hear from God, so I leave it aside. It's okay. That thing can wait for 20 minutes. What's most important is we get to be with God and not be distracted. But I find there's times where I need to schedule in to, to my life moments to get away. For me, it's to nature, to the wilderness, and, and sometimes it's a financial sacrifice to do it. It's definitely a big time thing, and it's not convenient. But I tell you what, there's nothing like getting away from the noise getting to hear from God again, and then getting back into the noise, knowing that the vision's clear and written on my heart. This, we need to find ways in our life to silence the noise and hear the voice of God. So many people say God's not speaking. He is speaking. It's just the other noise is so loud. If we silence that noise, you'll hear from God. So Jesus would find ways to withdraw from the crowd and, and hear the vision from him again. We need to find ways to do the same. The second practice of Jesus, or the second concept today, and there's many more, of course, is that Jesus was a man of the Word. Now, Jesus was the Word, but Jesus knew the Scriptures and loved the Word of God. And actually, the vision statement that he states over his life uh, early on in his ministry is directly from the Word of God. He, you know, he's, he pronounces himself in the temple that he says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind, to see the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus uses the scripture as a vision for his life. To get a God vision for our life, we need a word from God. And to get a word from God, we need to be in his word. I know it's a simple message today, but there's a reason it's a simple message because so often we get too busy to do it. And we're in different words, we're in different news, not the good news, we're in other kind of news. But I believe if we would become a people who are so in love with the Word of God and in His Word, that, that would, the, uh, the flow and effect of that is that vision would rise up. And so in those times when we step back and we get from God, we hear the vision, we step back into the noise, start to question the vision. When we have a word from the Word that confirms that vision in our life, we can be strong, we can be steady. 
and we can push through whatever comes our way. So two things to increasing vision is silencing the noise, hearing the vision from God, and then being in the Word of God. As we start to close off today, my urge for us today is that, is that we would stop putting our worldview higher than the word view. We all have worldviews. That's a part of being in the world. These are our political beliefs, our experiences, our cultures, different things. This is, we have these. We all do. There's nothing wrong with that. When, when it's a problem is that we hold to the doctrines and the dogma and the value and the, the uh, theology, to say, of the worldview over the word. The word is, we're meant to see the world through the word, not the word through the world. My urge is that we would drop our worldview for a bit and put our worldview on and go, okay, God, what are you saying in this situation? What are you saying in this circumstance? My flesh is saying I I should do this. My spouse is saying I should do this. My workplace is saying I should do this. My uh, bank is saying I should do this. But what's the word of God saying we should do? That's what it is to have a vision from God. All these other visions fall away when we get a vision from God clearly written and we walk it out. The Word of God is a boundary, a confirmation, and given to us as certainty in uncertain times, and it can bring us vision in our life. So in summary, what is your vision? How are you getting it? And where is it taking you? Let's be a people who continue to seek the Lord for vision. Like Habakkuk, we will put ourselves on the tower and say, uh, I'm, I'm going to wait, Lord, till you respond to me. I need to hear from you. And I think that's the, he gets the vision and then he gets the instruction. Habakkuk, I, I know that people are going to become noisy in your life again. I know that things aren't going to work out exactly how you think. So I need you to write this out clearly on the tablet so that you can run from it. You can like charge away from it, from the vision. When you need to, you can look back and go, that's the vision. And don't worry, Habakkuk, it's going to seem like it's not coming to pass, but it won't delay. It will come to pass. Be patient. And I think we need to follow Jesus and His example of silencing the noise, hearing from God, and running from that vision to a place of good things, of abundant things, because God's vision for our life is one of a great life despite the circumstance we face. Where there's no vision, people perish. That's, we read that proverb. Another translation says, where there's no prophetic vision, people cast off restraint. That's very interesting to me. If we're going through a valley and we're finding it hard to live a disciplined life and one where we're even questioning like, like, am I even in relationship with God? Or do I, do I actually wanna live this way? Do I wanna be disciplined in this area? We cast off restraints. We become unmotivated. We stop looking a week ahead, a month ahead. We just live second by second. Don't have vision. Maybe it's because we haven't got prophetic vision, God vision in our life. We might have vision, but it might not be vision from God. I know that so much in my in my own life, even, and for many of us during this last 18 months, bad habits and old lifestyles have picked up again. Seems like some of those restraints that the God God helped put on us in different areas of our life, we cast them off. But the word says the reason that is is because we've lost prophetic vision, we've lost God vision in our life. 
God wants to give us a vision today. Because when we have that God vision in our life, we can put the healthy restraints back on, can get our mental health under control a little more, we can get focused, we can get energized, we can stop worrying about the things that we can't actually impact on and start to take care of the things that we actually have an impact on every day. When we have prophetic vision from God. Habakkuk positioned himself to hear from the Lord, got the vision, and even though he didn't see the circumstances change around him, he was able to make this declaration before we stand and conclude today. I want to read this in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. After he's brought his complaints to the Lord, the Lord's responded. He's got the vision back in his life. 3 verse 17 says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no, no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stores. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength, and He makes my feet like the deer's, and He makes me tread on my high places. The power of a God vision in our lives is the difference between perishing and overcoming, on giving up or persisting in whatever comes our way. I believe in this last moment, God wants to stir up that vision again in our lives. This is us. We are a people who can overcome because we hear from the Lord. We get a vision. It becomes clear in our life. When obstacles get in the path, that's okay. We go back to the vision and we run from that place, not a place from the world. This is us. We are a people who seek the Lord. No matter what's going on in the world around us, no matter what we're facing, we hear from God and we can act out of a different place and a different motive and a different emotion and a different thing than the way the world acts because we can hear from the Lord, write the vision down and make it clear. Would you stand with me in this place? I wanna pray today as we conclude for those who are feeling unmotivated, discouraged and unable to get vision in your life because of circumstances, because of uh, a long time of not seeing the vision come to pass. And you know, and even today, you're like, yeah, I want to have that vision. I just don't know how. I believe the Holy Spirit's the only way we can get that in our life, by positioning ourselves in a place before Him. And if that's you, would you raise your hands and you're saying, God, I want to get that vision again today because I've been distracted. Yeah, this is, this is all of us, I think, in some form or another. But if particularly today you want prayer, I'm going to pray. We're going to believe today that the vision is going to come clear again. We're going to be able to charge from this place. Lord, I thank You, God. Just like Habakkuk, we're people here today who are looking around and we're seeing stuff not working out how we think it should, not working out how we thought it should. It doesn't seem to be aligning with Your promises and Your nature and Your characteristics. But we stand here today and declare You are good and You are God, and You are holy, and You're amazing. So we position ourselves, Lord. We're not, we're not blind to what's going on around us, but we position ourselves, Father, here and say, give us the vision again. Can we hear from You again, Lord? God, I've forgotten the vision. I've, I've let it get watered down, but stir it up in me, Lord. Stir it up in me again so I can walk into tomorrow knowing that I have a vision that's not from this world, it's from You. Knowing that whatever I face tomorrow, is a part of the 
process, but if I stick to that vision that You have given from me, Lord, if You've made it clear and I write it out on the tablet of my heart, God, that we can live that out. So I pray for those people today who are visionless or unmotivated or not able to find vision. God, I declare visions are rising in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, You're rising up faith again. You're giving words again right now. You're reminding people of pictures they had, even as little kids over their life. And they're putting them down, but You're saying, pick it up again and run with this vision. Don't get distracted, Lord. So I pray you give us the ability to to tomorrow, today, for the rest of our week and our month, Lord. Whatever this life brings, God, the chaos, the enemies, the, the Chaldeans that come up in our life, Lord God, help us keep the vision clear. Help remind us we're a people who are created for vision from you and not from the world. So we declare breakthrough. We declare faith to rise. And we pray for vision to be strong in each people's life here and online today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much. I hope you're encouraged today. Um, If you don't know Jesus and you're like, who is this Jesus? uh, I'd love to talk to you about Him uh, later on after the service. You can come and chat to me. I'm going to hand it back to Charlene, our amazing service leader today. And she's going to conclude the service. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.